Today we are finishing our sermon series, Hebrew 101, seven words that every Christian needs to know, and we are finishing it, completing our series with the word shalom, which is fitting. It's a word that we often hear at the end of something, peace, let's go, let's be whole. And so I invite you to join me in listening to our scripture passage for today, which comes from number six, verses 22 through 27. This is a blessing that God has given to Moses to pray over the people. Let's listen for the word of the Lord. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his sons saying, thus you shall bless the Israelites. You shall say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. My friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me as we pray. God, we are longing for your voice in this moment. So speak your truth to our hearts. Open us to understand you a little more today than we did yesterday. And please continue to mold and shape us by your truth and your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In 1996, there was a movie released called Jerry Maguire, starring Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger. And it's a story about a successful sports agent who, in the face of an altercation that he has with the young son of one of his famous athlete clients at the hospital, finds himself suddenly developing new convictions about people, about the role of authenticity in our lives, and about the power of meaningful relationship. Following this moment when he's confronted very plainly with his own callousness and dishonesty, his own hurry to view this famous client through the lens of money instead of through the lens of humanity, he decides to write a mission statement and to send it to each employee in his very large and successful firm. His premise for his mission statement is very simple. Everything feels important, but nothing feels meaningful. He writes that the firm needs to make the decision to cut down on the amount of, of clients that they take so that they could invest more time in getting to know and support their athletes and getting to know and support their families. It's not long after he distributes this mission statement to, that Jerry Maguire is fired. Which, after all, is not that surprising, given that large companies don't tend to look favorably at people who say that they need to lose money instead of make more. So as Jerry Maguire packs his office and begins to leave, he makes one final dramatic plea to the open workspace of cubicles that are ahead of him. He begs for someone to go with him. He knows that he is still right, and he believes that if he has anyone who chooses to join them together, they would bring meaning back to the important work of representing people. There's an awkward silence. But one woman decides to join him. Her name is Dorothy Boyd. And so awkwardly in 
times of silence and not sure when they should move together or move independently, they make their way from that open working space into the corporate elevator, him carrying his cardboard box and a fish that he had stolen from the office tank, and she holding her purse and a few things from her desk. As they descend in the elevator, a deaf couple comes on a couple of floors below them, standing close together, face to face, signing to one another, clearly in love. After the deaf couple departs the elevator, Jerry Maguire tries to lighten the awkwardness of the entire evening by turning to Dorothy and casually saying with a laugh, I wonder what they're saying, right? To which Dorothy responds by staring straight ahead and very seriously saying, my favorite aunt was deaf. He told her, you complete me. And those three words are the three words that lure McGuire throughout the rest of the film. You complete me. Because as a successful man who has everything that he wants, and he still feels so incomplete. He knows he is living in a world of importance. He knows that he is viewed as important. But it, it is also a world without meaning. Friends, how complete do you feel in your life right now? It's a difficult season in our shared life together to feel complete and to experience meaning. This pandemic has stolen a lot from us in this past year. For those of us who have kids at home or elderly parents to care for or full-time jobs, this pandemic has ripped away any of the delicate balance that barely worked when times were good. For many who live alone, this season has encased us in our aloneness, removing even the small reprieves that we would get when we would go to the market and see the smile and faces of strangers. Many of the things that are important for us to do in this season, wearing masks, keeping distance, not gathering with people indoors, these important things that instruct our everyday actions do not help to provide us meaning. We can only live our lives in the two-dimensional screen of Zoom and FaceTime and social media for so long before our lives start to feel more flat. And we crave the texture of the three dimensions of our reality. We know these feelings well by now. <laughs> and yet, here we all are, still in the middle of this long pandemic journey. Nearly a year from the start, and no clear end in sight. So in this era of heightened importance, where are we finding the meaning? In this season where we live without so much, how do we experience complete wholeness? Our scripture for today is familiar for those of us who have been in the church for a long time. It's often referred to as the priestly blessing. We 
hear it at the conclusion of our worship services. It's very often the last thing that we hear in worship before we go out into the world as God's ambassadors of good news. But God did not speak this blessing to Moses at the end of the Israelites' journey to the land of promise. Just as God did not speak this blessing to Moses at the beginning of their journey away from Egypt. This blessing is given by God to Moses and the people while they are in the middle. They are, are preparing to leave Mount Sinai. They have been camped there for nearly a year, but they still have a long stretch of wilderness that is stretching out ahead of them. This blessing, it was given to them as they faithfully continue moving through the middle. And it was repeated and intended to be repeated each day that they took a step. We are conditioned in our society today to believe that blessings are intended either for the start of the journey or that they will be found at the end of one. But this priestly blessing is a blessing for those who are in that long stretch of middle, who can no longer see where they started and yet cannot see where they are going to end. The climactic word of this priestly blessing is our Hebrew word for today, shalom. We often translate this word simply to mean peace, which it does mean, but it's a weightier sense of peace. It's one that simultaneously means prosperity, longevity, happiness of family, safety, security, good health, friendship, and a general wholeness of well-being. Shalom is the kind of peace that gently places us in the center of wholeness. It is harmony and tranquility and contentment and restoration. So put another way, shalom is experiencing being made complete. Which means that when God speaks this priestly blessing to Moses and so freely gives this blessing to the people, God is blessing the people with the experience of wholeness and completeness in the very moment that they are feeling the most fractured, frayed, stretched to the limit when they are in between. God's blessing of being made complete isn't given to them at the start of this journey as though it's a tool that they are supposed to use to get them through. And God's blessing to be made complete isn't left for the end of their journey as though it's some reward for their pers persistence. God's blessing of wholeness is given to them in the middle because the middle is the every single day. And this blessing of wholeness was intended to be experienced in the every single day. It's not something that we could only expect for special occasions or for significant moments, but for every moment. As this movie carried on, each step in Jerry Maguire's life feels like it requires a whole bunch of effort in order to return something that's just mediocre. 
he continues to try to find that experience of completeness, but it is just elusive to him. He makes a lot of effort in calling all of his clients to leave his firm, to come with him, but he retains only two. He invests a lot of effort in the most promising of those two clients, only to lose his business and be left with one. He develops a romantic relationship with Dorothy Boyd, eventually marrying her, but he is so consumed with his remaining client and his work and this success and just himself in general that he treats their marriage like he is doing her a favor by being there. He pours all of his energy into this one remaining client, only to be consistently arguing with him, frustrated by his client's stubbornness. At one point in time, he tells his only client, who's a football player, you gotta lose the chip on your shoulder, man. You are not doing your team a favor by being here. You have to play with your heart. Despite himself, the client takes McGuire's advice. And pretty soon, he finds that he is receiving more passes from his teammates, that he is becoming this fan favorite. And eventually, he has offered the contract deal that he has been holding out for throughout the entire film. It's only after seeing this transformation in his client that McGuire can see the transformation that he needs to take himself. He also wasn't doing anyone a favor by being there. Not in his marriage, not in his work, not in his life. He needed to live with heart. He needed to take his own advice to embrace that the consequences of slowing down and loving people and loving them well would leave him with less prestige and less money in his pocket, but would also offer him the complete wholeness that he's been chasing for so long. It would offer him the meaning that was missing from all of the important things he was doing. And so he returns to his wife, Dorothy, in the face of his bitter friends. He shares the climactic words of the movie with her. You complete me. Friends, where are you longing for God's complete wholeness in your life? Where have you been so consumed with the things that are important that you have missed out on the things that are meaningful? Perhaps we go through times where we put ourselves on autopilot when we are in the middle of a journey. It's not the exciting beginning. It's not the refreshing end. And so we turn off a little bit. But God doesn't intend for us to be on autopilot. God intends for us to experience complete wholeness. Not just on the special days, but every day. Today, let's go and live with our whole heart, knowing that this blessing of shalom is intended for you and for me, and knowing that that sense of complete wholeness is reserved for us today and every day. Amen.